What did you want to be when you were a kid? Or if you're still a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a diplomat working for the U.S. State Department, traveling from country to country in exotic places, maybe even an ambassador one day. For Aaron Yasudian, when he was growing up in Kuala Lumpur, he wanted to be a truck driver. As a kid, around the ages of six to seven, I wanted to actually be a truck driver. A right? truck driver? Yeah. Like one of the big, like, 18-wheeler yeah. trucks? Yeah, correct, right? I think that was purely due to my fascination with Optimus Prime at that time, right? And I remember going down to Penang, which is in the north of KL here, right? And I always used to count uh, how many trucks we used to pass, right? Just due to my fascination of trucks at that time. But as most of us know, childhood dreams don't always come true. So instead of driving a truck today, Aaron manages fleets of delivery truck drivers in Malaysia for Lala Move, one of Asia's top same-day delivery and courier service providers. For the uninitiated, Lala Move became one of Hong Kong's first unicorns in 2019 when its valuation hit the $1 billion mark. But today, the company's valuation has grown even further, and Aaron managed to get a job there right after graduating from university. From Job Street and Tech in Asia, this is How to Get a Job at a Unicorn a podcast where I like to talk to employees at Asia's top tech companies and find out exactly how they landed their gigs. I'm Peter Bithis, the CEO of Seek Asia, the parent company of Job Street and JobsDB around Southeast Asia. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you the story of how Aaron got to work at Lala Move as a fresh graduate. So let's go, let's go back. Aaron, way back, right? So what did you do in school? What did you study? And uh, and what were you hoping to do when you, like, I don't think you woke up in the morning and say, I want to work for, for Lala Move. Yeah, true, true, right. I think growing up, uh, what career and uh, on a, what profession I wanted to pursue was, was a lot of things, right? As we established earlier, Aaron had a fascination with trucks and wanted to become a truck driver as a kid. Who doesn't? Though that affinity for large vehicles evidently remains until today, teenage Aaron had a different idea of who he wanted to be. And then along my teenage years, right, I decided to pursue a career as a pilot. A pilot? Correct. Right? Yeah. So, and, and this was because uh, my dad uh, used to take me for all these air shows that used to be in Langkawi or, or back then it was quite a lot of air shows at the Subang airport. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. So I used to go and, and I'm very fascinated with airplanes as well, right? Until today, it's always like I'm seeing it for the first time, right? And, and it always excites me. And then I'll just take my phone, open up flight radar and, and see what aircraft is flying over where the <laughs> destination is. Aaron was determined to become a pilot, even after finishing his chemical engineering degree at university. But that dream was dashed as well. So when I graduated, I think this was about four years back now, right? And I, I continued to apply for cadet programs uh, as a pilot as well. And, and I got through to Singapore Airlines, right? And I went for the interview, right? And uh, it was there that I decided halfway through the application program that, that I, I did not want to do this anymore. Actually, that was for two reasons, right? Uh, one was uh, 
because I, I didn't know I had an eye issue until I went for the interview. Oh. Right? Yeah. So my right eye is a bit bad, right? And then they said like, oh, you might need to consider another <laughs> another career option, right? And the second was I decided like I wanted to do something more in, in a leadership role. With a new goal in mind, Aaron set out to find a job, but the first few months of his job hunt proved challenging. I, I did consider a lot of uh, uh, companies related to what I studied, right? And I actually sent in my resume in person, right? I go to the company and I sent in. But uh, actually, to be frank with you, what happened was uh, I did not get any response from the industries that I was relevant to at that time. That's when Aaron turned his attention to the tech startup world. At the time, the innovation scene was already bustling in Malaysia with several homegrown startups, including yours truly at Job Street, cropping up and many more startups from overseas setting up operations there. One of those startups was Lalamove, which had just entered the Malaysian market in 2018. And at first glance, Aaron was sold on working for the company. So I did a bit of homework on them and, and what Lala movies and what they stood for. And when I looked up, because it was available on YouTube and there's a lot of articles on Lala Move at that time itself, right? I think the thing that actually attracted me to Lala Move was the flexibility they provided to the potential delivery partners to choose their own jobs, right? They were flexible to do it at their own time, at their own pace, right? And they, uh, they, they could choose what jobs they wanted and I sent in my resume and then I got called up, right? So they called me and then they spoke to me and they said like, hey, uh, here's a case study, right? You got to do about the logistics landscape in Kuala Lumpur at that time, right? You go and just do the pros and cons of local logistics landscape and then you get back to us. Here's the problem. Aaron had a degree in chemical engineering, not logistics. But rather than be deterred by the challenge, Aaron decided to take that challenge up. They wanted to know the friction points for the local logistics companies and what do they face on a day-to-day basis, right? So to be honest, right, I, when I got the case study, I was like, oh, where am I going to find a, a driver, right? And I was just about to ask you, like, how did you prepare for that case study as a chemical engineer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. So I did not know where to begin with, right? So when I saw the email, I was at, at the gym, right? So I was like, oh, where am I going to find the logistics driver? So as I was exiting the gym, so what happened was... Uh, I saw this truck, right? It was a logistics company. So I told myself, okay, I'll just follow this truck. If he doesn't stop in 10 minutes, then I, I will go home, right? So I just followed him. And in three minutes, he he stopped at one of the, the office nearby the loading bay. So he stopped and he was doing his thing. Then I approached him and said, hey, uh, do you have five minutes? Can I just interview you? Oh and my he, yeah, and he was kind enough, right? To actually take time to to speak to me. Uh, very quickly on on what he faces and what's the friction he faces on a day-to-day basis. So let's just take a pause. You know what? Props to Aaron because I absolutely love that story. You know, I've conducted a few interviews in my time and you have no idea how few people out there actually take the time to do that kind of research when interviewing. I mean, it sounds so easy, doesn't it? But Who just thinks to walk up to a stranger and say, hey, talk to me for a while, will you? And what do you know? It paid off. Just over a week after presenting his case study to Lala Moo's city launcher, who came in from Hong Kong, Aaron was hired as a driver operations associate. When I got the job, I was actually really happy 
right? Because uh, at that time, I think it was already five months since I finished my uh, studies, right? And, and you know, uh, moms being moms, right? On a day-to-day basis, she never failed to remind me that, hey, you're still not working, <laughs> Right, so I was I was pretty happy, and and I, I couldn't wait to start. So so what I did was uh, when I got offered the role uh, by the HR at that time, I did ask her like, hey, uh, is there anything I can do, and I can come in earlier to help out as well because I know they were already setting up, and I wanted to be like in the whole. Uh, from ground zero kind of thing, right? And get the whole experience. But at that time, she said that they had sufficient manpower so I could come in at that the start date that they already had communicated to me. And so Aaron began his new gig at Lalamove, managing delivery driver partners, taking charge of driver acquisition and training, and helping the team shape the company into the Decacorn it is today. But while he had a great time during his first two years at Lalamove, 2020 was a huge challenge because of a little thing called COVID-19. Maybe you've heard of it. Despite that, Aaron says that 2020 was when he accomplished his biggest achievements at the company. There was a lot of people getting retrenched and, and whatsoever. So uh, here in Lalamove, we, 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 we were a source of a replacement income, right? Because if, if you work in a company for six to 10 years or for a long period of time, I think if you suddenly get retrenched, the first thing is you're not sure of what to do, right? You don't even know where your resume is. You don't know how to do, and, and you're all over the place, right? So Lalamove is, was a platform for them to find replacement income until they could find something maybe more stable or more they are more inclined to. Right, because as soon as that happens, you're you're all over the place, and you need something, just just to go like on a day to day kind of thing. Right. So I, the biggest change and the biggest milestone, I think, uh, the biggest achievement here would, would be providing a platform for these partners. Right. When when the pandemic hit. Heart of gold, this one. You just want to give him a hug, don't you? Actually, you probably want to get a hug from him. Is more like it. And I'm sure his bosses recognized his passion because in 2021, Aaron got promoted to the role of driver operations manager, well-deserved, attaining the leadership role that he'd sought when he graduated from school all those years ago. Do you have a team now reporting to you? Are there there little errands going around and they report (laughs) to you now? Yeah, I have a number of colleagues that are reporting to me on a day-to-day basis, weekly basis. You say, how do you how do you like that jump? Because you mentioned earlier you were thinking about being a pilot, which is a very solo kind of career. Yeah, correct. Um, right. But now you're managing people, so now you're doing the thing that you you didn't become a pilot because you wanted to do. What does it feel like to lead people? What, what how are you finding it? Yeah, I actually find it quite interesting because I'm I'm still learning too. Right? Yeah, there's a lot a long way to go for that, and and speaking to them and seeing what what actually motivates them. I think the the hardest thing I'll say is is uh, finding the time to actually speak one on one, right? Getting them to see what motivates them, where they see themselves, maybe in three to five years time, and and so how I can help them achieve their intended goals, right? Based on on what they they set out to do. On top of that. Aaron is now in a position of hiring people to join his team, having been with the company since it first launched in Malaysia and helping build that company to the logistics giant it is today. His advice for anyone, anyone who might be interested in joining him is to be a little bit like he was just four years ago. The two words that, that come up 
straight to my mind was uh, is proactiveness and hard work, right? But it's a bit hard to gauge, right? During an interview. Yeah, how do you, how do you, how do you, how, what do you ask or what do you do to help suss that out? Right, correct. Right. So, so when, when we speak to them first, of course, uh, there is the whole onboarding process that we follow, right? And, and when we first speak to the potential candidate as well, what we do is we give them a case study and of course, the case study is is it covers a, a quite a big range of things that they need to do, right? But and when they come to us, and they will need to present. So it's more like like what we're doing today. It's like a conversation, right? They need to be able to have and hold a conversation, and and it's not about the case study that they actually prepared, right? Because most of the time we already have the information that they are going to bring to us, but it's more to how they actually carried out the case study. When going for an interview, I think the candidate has to do their own homework, right? They need to actually read up on the company itself and know what the company stands for, right? And what what they're potentially going to do. Don't don't come to an interview not prepared, right? Uh, I mean, being nervous is one thing, right? It's okay, right? It's part of it, right? They they just need to come in and and have a, a conversation, right? Hold the conversation, speak. I mean, for them to know before coming for an interview is is always to do their homework. What fresh guards can actually do is to always be better prepared, right? I mean, sometimes we, we do have people with experience and based on what we are hiring for, right? But I think what, what's very important coming into the job is the soft skills, right? The communication aspect, the teamwork aspect, because everything else uh, can be taught. We can learn together and then we can grow into it, right? Of course, if there's a sudden business need, for a certain role, of course, we might need to hire someone with a, a little bit more experience, right? But I think, of course, fresh grads will always be be given the chance. And, and if they can come in I, I, during the interview and prove themselves to us, then hey, why not, right? Honestly, I know that might sound like overly simplistic advice, but I got to tell you, even at my level when I'm interviewing, you would be surprised at the number of senior tech execs who come in without doing the homework on the company or the job that they're applying for. So for all you fresh grads out there, mid-career great managers, or even execs or people listening for whatever set of reason, do your homework. Anyway, back to Aaron who will now be celebrating four years at Lalamove this year. I wondered whether he had any new career plans, but he told me he's not going anywhere, at least not for now. So just, you know, just to close out, a couple of last questions. So Lala, Lala Move in general, do you still love it? Oh, I've loved it from day one, right? I think uh, Lalamove uh, is kind of my home, right? Oh, that's fantastic. What makes, you mentioned the people earlier and and the mission in terms of giving people opportunity to make income. So is there anything else that like, that makes you stay there and 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 be such a good ambassador for Lalamove? I think it's, as, as you mentioned, Peter, it's all the people and the culture that we have here, right? It's constantly helping one another, whether it's, it's on a day-to-day task, whether it's something else outside of work as well. It's a cohesive unit here, right? Everyone looks out for one another. Everyone is ever willing to help. Uh, they're always learning together, right? So you still want to be a pilot one day, far off in the future, you think? I think I can, I'll pass on that actually. Pass Peter. On that for <laughs> yeah. Now. yeah. So what's the, what's the future of Aaron's tech career? What's it look like? What do you like? So 
Like, if you fast forward five, 10 years, like, do you have an idea of what you'd like to do or what you see yourself doing? Actually, I do. Actually, I've actually told that myself, right, that maybe in five years that I will, I want to start my own business. Right? Really? Yeah. True. A young, aspiring entrepreneur. What do you have? A, do you have a, do you have a concept you're working up in your head or? Actually, I, I, I want to do something that that's easily available in everybody's homes. Right. Something. Uh, to, yeah. Whether, because it's always about selling, right. Whether it's a product or a service. Yeah. Right. So something that that's available in everybody's home and, and in terms of I'll get recurring orders as well. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yes. Good business model. Is important. <laughs> yeah. True. So, so in between now and then, so let's say, let's say you start a business five years from now, right? You come up with your great idea and you're off and running. Are there, are there uh, additional skills or, or do you, do you think about what skills you need, um, uh, uh, prior to doing it? Yeah, actually I have thought about it and, and whatever decision that I've, I've told myself, whatever decision that I have to make, uh, to achieve that goal in five years is to, to build towards that. Right, whatever decision. Uh, maybe now in Lala Move, I already know how to operationally run a company, right? And and see w- if the next decision I make is to maybe go somewhere f- fresh again, completely new, right? Maybe before even raising capital, so or something, right? Fantastic. You know, I get the fortunate opportunity to interact with so many people across industries, and it was so fascinating to hear Aaron's story. He's got a great career, and the best part is that he's only just getting started. Who knows, we could someday hear about Aaron Yasudian, the entrepreneur, in a few years. But until then, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. How to Get a Job at a Unicorn is a podcast by Tech in Asia, produced in partnership with us over here at Job Street and Seek Asia. If you're looking for a job, find us at jobstreet.com, and hopefully we'll get you started on your own dream job real soon. Special thanks, of course, to Aaron Yasudian for sharing his amazing story. Thanks to the Tech in Asia team and the Seek team. Uh, if you want to find him, we'll include some links on his LinkedIn profile in the notes below. And don't forget to give us a follow. Uh, and if you're feeling up for it, why not give us five stars on whatever app you're listening on? Make sure to check out our other episodes too. We've got people from Grab, from the GoTo group, talking about how they landed their jobs and sharing tips for anyone who wants to join them. That's it for this episode. My name is Peter Bithis. Thanks for joining and I hope you join us again soon.